Alrighty. Today we have a professional MMA fighter, Diego Pereira. Uh, did I pronounce that right? Yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. good, man. Yeah, you perfect. Would say in Portuguese, really, if you really want to stress it, yeah. it's Pereira. Pere- Pereira. Pereira, yeah. Is that but, right? It's like, you know, with an accent, like paella. that's perfect. Yeah, you right. I mean? Sweet. Because I, um, I was watching a couple of videos and I'm like, I think I've got this. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it's, you know, with an English accent, Diego Pereira is, is, is correct. Yeah, sweet. All right, nailed it. There we go. Well, yeah, appreciate you coming in, man. Um, do you want to uh, kick us off with your, do you have a can't get any worse story or something like that? You can Can't get any worse? With? Man, you know what? In this crazy field that I'm in, it's, yeah. there's a few stories, but, you know, with regards to weight cutting, are you guys familiar with weight cutting in the mm-hmm. sport of yeah. Yeah, yeah. any combat sport? Really, seen it all. I've obviously never taken part in any of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, weight cutting is a big deal in uh, in, yeah, in combat that. sports, and so for me, st- I've been training altogether for about eleven years. Okay, and when I decided I wanted to compete and pursue fighting as a career. Um, you know, I started trying to understand how things work. So as you begin, everything is guesswork, yep. really. Um, and so in the age of internet, I was trying to research and understand. So I got, you know, I think this was my second fight. And I'm trying to cut down to this uh, bantam weight division is what they call it, which is um, around 61 and a half kilos. Okay. And at the time, I was still smaller, but this was probably a 10-kilo cut for me to get down to there, you know what I mean, walking around over 70 kilos. Um, But thinking that I would have an advantage in size, Mm -hmm. I was, you know, determined to get down there. Mm. And so just trying to do everything on my own and the guesswork and everything, so I was just researching, and then I came across clips and stories of, fighters doing different methods and whatever and so i found this one that was saying you know i saw clips and people doing this basically like wearing plastic bags yeah underneath uh your clothing and then you wear trek suit on as well just to increase the Mm, warmth sure and the idea is that you increase the core temperature and then you put yourself in a hot environment Mm -hmm. Uh, and that will, in you know, start sweating. So yeah. force the body to start sweating and, and stuff like it's that. Like, and that's the like idea. Rocky. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, man, I've evolved and learned. So I've gotten much better these days. But then, um, I didn't know this was a dumb method, and, and this was <laughs> not healthy at all. But uh, I was like, well, if I want to do it. This is what's got to be done. I yeah. literally thought that this is, needs mm-hmm. to be done. If you mm-hmm. want to be a part of it, this is what needs to be done. So I did it. Uh, no understanding of diet. No understanding of, you know, how how manipulating certain elements with, you know, salt, such as salt, carbohydrates, mm-hmm. all of those things can, can influence that weight as well. Right. I just literally thought sweating is the way to go. So I got to try to sweat as much as possible to get down to that weight. I've got this much time. Let's do it. I got to do it the fastest way possible. So plastic bags, track suit. Get so a uh, yeah. I get a spin bike inside the sauna, <sighs> and so I'm in the sauna. Spin bike, plastic bag, track suit, and I'm just going for hours, just trying to sweat as much as I can. So I 
think, you know, obviously in the beginning you're sweating, it's cool. I was like, all right, great, getting down. So I come out every, what, 30 minutes or so, something like that. Dry myself off, check the weight. Oh, I still got so, so and such and such to go. Put everything back on, get back in there and just go. I think all in all I did probably close to four hours of this. Really? Back and forth, back and forth. In the one, one like... Yeah. There's only so much water you same can, like, day, cut out by Same yeah, day. Right. Um, because, again, uh, weigh-ins goes, was going to be around 6 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And I started this around probably like 12. Okay. 12 o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. So I had enough time, but, man, I, I literally was at the brink of death. Mm-hmm. Because sure. I got to a point where I had maybe 400 grams to go to make the weight. Yeah, I go in one more time. I'm already depleted as hell, and I'm in there. I can no longer pedal. I'm just sitting there. That's uh, so crazy. Think, it's, yeah. it's, only, it's like a bottle of water, 400 grams. It's like 400 mil ish, right? I guess. Which yeah. is that's what 300 something mil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 600. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Even less than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and so at this point, um, the body was no longer sweating. Yeah. I was dry as hell, and I'm in the sauna, just sitting there and. 30 minutes go by, nothing. There's no sweat, there's nothing. <laughs> and um, you're by yourself. Uh, well, I I had a girlfriend at the time okay. who yeah, was yeah. sort of in and out checking yeah. on me. Okay. Thankfully. For Otherwise, sure. I would have kept going. I would have kept going. She sort of stopped me, called my coach and said, hey, he's not sweating, this is going on. <clears throat> Otherwise, I would have kept going. <clears throat> and still, after all that, came in and was like 100 grams short, you know? So oh, I still man. didn't make weight, <clears throat> which <Wow>. is <laughs> unfortunate. But man... Yeah. After all of that. You literally yeah. could not get any worse than that. Yeah. But the result was I went in and got a nine-second knockout, which to this okay. day is the fastest knockout in one of the fastest uh, promotions in Australia and New yeah. Zealand. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, uh, I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that part about you. And then I, something, I think I was listening to another podcast you are on and it came up there. I'm like, fuck, that's a hectic. Yeah. So that's off the back of that weight cut. Yeah, it is. That's and nuts. so thankfully because, you know, as the fight progresses, chances are because you depleted yourself so mm. much the day before, your performance tends to be sh- shittier Yeah. Um, because you just killed your body. Beautiful. For sure, so, yeah. So after you weight cut and you weigh in and say you make the weight or goal that you're trying to get to, are you allowed to like put weight back on after that? Or they weigh you like right before as well. So, so normally they try to weigh you in 24 hours before yeah. the okay. scheduled day that you meant to fight someone. And so you only really say I was making that weight 61 and a half kgs. I step on the scales at 61 and a half, but as soon as I make that weight, yeah. I am allowed to yeah, okay. rehydrate and yeah. eat, etc. So the, Next day, I would probably be upwards of 70 kilos. Yeah, right. You know? Then, so is that a thing now? Is in, I don't know if it's in the UFC where they're, not, they're, just, they're checking hydration as well. Like, nah, um, I, know, I know Rogan's big on wanting to introduce that and stuff because same deal, wait, fighters are way in and then like during fight day, yeah. you just see like their bodies are just, just jacked. Yeah, jacked yeah, yeah. and shit and they've put right. on like an extra 10 pounds yeah. since weigh-in. But, um, which yeah, I guess goes back to what you were saying, trying to go – to a lower weight class, so you had that advantage. Yes. I guess people doing that, but it makes sense for safety though, like to do. Oh, that. yeah, you yeah. Do what you don't like end up That's basically it. killing yourself trying to get there. Yeah. yeah. Did you um? So were you part of like a team and stuff? Then like, were any of them saying this isn't the right way to do it, or hmm. it's just you? I were I was, um, but still, there's some knowledge because I think back then this is a probably I say. 
seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And so the knowledge and understanding of weight cutting and, and stuff like that wasn't anywhere near what it is today. Yeah, definitely. And even coaches, man, this, despite their experience within the combat, the technique and all that, they aren't, they aren't very knowledgeable for weight cutting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so their own methods might be primitive and, and yeah, exactly. trying to say to the fighters, do this, do that. My coaches did their job in terms of preparing me for the fight, but uh, they, they really weren't uh, equipped with the knowledge to, to help me cut the weight. Yeah. Um, they knew some things they were telling me, well, this, that, but it wasn't the best. So really I took it upon myself to try to research and do my thing. Yeah. Um, it was sort of expected of the fighter that, you know, you have to have discipline and this fight's coming up. You, you said you do this weight, so you got to, you know, get the diet in check. You do this, you do that, and you just got to show up and wait. That was sort yeah, of yeah. what was expected. Right. Uh, say, this yeah. is where you have to be. You do it. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was there. expected that you sort of try to figure it out and yeah, that's what it was really. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Do you think that's to do with being in Australia, like, say, in the US or whatever, like, there'd be more on it? Like, you know, you said a lot of their techniques were primitive, like, just because that's what the coaches knew or or what they had done. I I feel like, I don't know, there must be more, like, the information's out there, I guess, right, of of how to do it, or it just doesn't exist, really. Well, like I said, this is going back seven, eight years. Yeah. yeah. So there were some information, and um, and the one that were out there was like trash bags. Yeah. Yeah. Suit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do right. this, do that. You know what I'm saying? Because you look, you look at um, like fight teams now and stuff, and they've almost got like a dietitian in yeah. their team. They've got yeah people to help with weight cuts and stuff like that. Whereas I guess, like you said, ten years ago, you're going to a coach that I guess you're relying on to yeah. know everything but they can only know so much i guess like yeah. which is fair enough it's crazy how far it's come then in, in 10 years like i know like 10 years is a long time but it's also not a long time yeah yeah i know there's like been heaps of comparisons between like the ufc's or mma's time frame to like the nfl and shit like that where they used to play in like leather helmets and right. it's like which the progression sense. of you like mma compared to that is like astronomical like yeah. so quick but yeah yeah no doubt um yeah well since then you know, I am working with a dietitian, mm. and things change tremendously. And now, just the understanding of my own body, how things that I eat influence my weight. Mm. You know, with with regards to water retention and things like that, and coming into fight week, salt manipulation, carbohydrates, and what to eat, what to not. So you plan it's it way just, further out than I guess. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So now it's about trying to understand how much you can actually cut safely how much you're going to do through diet how much weight you can lose each week so that you can still perform each day during the training sessions you can still fuel your body and not have to deplete yourself completely and not eat or whatever you know because back then people would literally not eat yeah definitely just trying to make weight which is ridiculous um you're about to you know 24 hours before thing you like at the brink of death and the next day you're throwing bones at Mm, somebody else that's crazy Uh, it's not smart so you try, you know, t- now I work with one of the best around, the fight dietitian, Jordy Sullivan. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's, you know, he's got the who's who in mm-hmm. the combat sports world. It is Israel Desanya and, and the best of the best in Australia and New Zealand and literally everywhere in the world. Um, I was actually one of the, when, when I sort of met him, um, 
he was working, you know, as a dietitian doing his thing, and then he sort of started getting his feet within the combat sports industry and, and trying to go into that route. Uh, so he, I was one of the first athletes he actually worked with to try to develop his methods and, and okay. make, make it better. So I'm, cool. I'm very grateful to have him in my corner this day. Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because um, that was one thing that I was going to say. I don't know, I don't know why or how I ever thought this, but about seven or eight years ago or so, you were like the first Australian MMA fighter that popped up on my like social media, and I was like, "Fuck, there's, there's like uh, a MMA scene in Australia." Because right. I don't know why I was just so stupid to think that I don't know people must have been fighting somewhere, and then they popped up in the UFC. Because obviously, I knew like Robert <laughs> like Whittaker <laughs> and shit like that, and then yeah. Um, yeah, you popped up, and I was like. All your photos were just like professional looking and shit like that, and I'm like, "Fuck, this is sick." That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's awesome. It's, it's it's always good to, because man, listen, for me anyway, I'm always busy on my grind. I'm not out there paying attention to who is looking to who is paying attention to Definitely. who is yeah. watching. I'm trying to do my best, obviously, to represent myself, my team, and 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 others that look up to me. I guess because today I'm I'm a coach. I teach children, adults from all ages, and yeah. and things like that. So I try my best to represent myself yep. and carry myself with integrity in that sense, but I'm not trying to figure it out or pay attention to who's paying attention or whatever. Definitely, so it's cool yeah, to yeah. hear that, you know, people are out there watching and paying attention and sort of giving us props. So yeah, cool. for sure. Yeah, nah, because then um, on the back of that, uh, <laughs> just shows how much of a little beta bitch I am. <laughs> but I, um, about a year later or so, because I've, I've had dream after dream of shit I've wanted to do, and one of those was like being an MMA fighter, but... I'm fucking never got there. So I don't know. I don't know when it was. It must have been around like 2017, 2018 or something. I went and signed up at the MMA gym above Good Life at Springwood. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And um, I went there for maybe like a month or so. And I remember this one training session. I was like doing my warm up, not looking like anyone else, just uncoordinated <laughs> shit. And then you and um, Justin Van Heerden came in. Oh, okay. And I was like, and I was just watching you guys move, and I'm like, holy shit. That's what I look like when I move. (laughs) No, I definitely do. And I was like, fuck, there's like levels to this shit, and you two just looked insane. Um, And then about a week later, I dislocated my thumb and never went back. (laughs) Oh, dude. So you dislocated your thumb in training? Yeah, yeah, at that place. I was was rolling with this big guy, and then he like landed on on my thumb and it bent on the mat, and I was like, oh. But I just I pushed through the rest of that session and I was like, oh, and then that's upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. fucking! I loved it. It was like I was. I said a few weeks ago, if I had time, I'd definitely like yeah. maybe. I I enjoyed the jujitsu part so of good. it. Yep. Um, I just loved it for some reason. It clicked with me. Mm. But it's just I've stacked myself yeah. thin yeah. at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> so no, it's called being quite, old. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, with, I think. Uh, listen, I think uh, something sort of motivated you or whatever within you said to you hey go try this yeah, yeah you went you tried obviously maybe the dreams to become a fighter has have died but if if you love the sport i think no matter what age you find yourself in at the moment you can still do it yeah definitely because um, you know i know of elderly people that are you know 60 plus or whatever still doing it's still competing and this weekend this past weekend i mm. competed in the queensland states championship for brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah, no. we had a I believe he was 65-year-old competing, man. So yeah, right. that's amazing. So I think, uh, obviously, time-dependent, you got to obviously prioritize what, what you got to prioritize in your life. But I think no matter what age you're in, mm-hmm. you can still do it, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd love to go back to it 
like I said, someday, but at the moment <laughs> I'm spread thin. Just that yeah. I understand. With your um, fights, do you plan your training around your opponent, like what you focus on, your tra- like what you focus your training on? Jiu-jitsu versus, you know, stand-ups? So or? that's a good question. I think uh, we are always working everything, right? And so the the <clears throat> previous fight sort of sets up the foundation for the next training. So your, I, your previous fight, you mean? Or yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Say, so say I had my previous fight and he went how he went. Yeah. And we sort of try to study that. And develop a game plan and go, okay, this worked, this didn't. We can improve this. We can improve that. And oh, so we go back to training yeah. to fix those things, to get better at those things, sharpen them up, et cetera. And then once we get a new opponent, then we study them and, and figure out what they're good at, what they're mm-hmm. not so good, and see what their openings are and how our, our styles match up. Yeah. And then we try to formulate a game plan to combat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Not not the whole entire training camp will be focused on them, mm-hmm. but we have a look and try to formulate a game plan to see, okay, we, this is how we're going to approach this. Yeah, You know what I mean? So once we figure it out, then we sort of do those things mm-hmm. with that focus. So, for example, if the goal would be to, okay, uh, we're going to keep it standing, we're going to stay away, we're going to move a lot, we're not going to stand in front of them, yeah. this, this and that. If they come close, we try to clinch, you mm-hmm. know, all those different things. So a lot of the game plan would just be based on that because that's the idea for weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks. You're just trying to <clears throat> excuse me, work on that because that particular opponent is really, really good in one specific mm. area. So we want to sort of stay away from that. Yeah, and, yeah. I always wondered, I mean? like, I found that interesting, like how much of it is focused on your strengths and your weaknesses versus your opponent's strengths and your opponent's weaknesses? Yeah. Or if it's just... Like an equal balance, or you're like, yeah. I guess, I guess you've still got to be loose enough with the game plan, though, to be able to adapt. If they've, like, say they've spent the whole camp learning striking or whatever, and you're going in there thinking they're like, yeah, listen, most a lot of fights never go to game plan. For sure, yeah, yeah. It's like you have a a rough idea, sketch plan of how you want to approach this. Yeah. But when you go in there, especially today, um, Fighters are so, so experienced and, and well-rounded. Mm. Everybody's training everything. Kids are starting to learn everything from a young age. Yeah. By the time they become adults, they're very well-rounded. So you, you, it's not you specializing be, yeah. so much. Yeah, anymore, you're not, yeah. You know, you, you're not going in there with any of your disciplines at zero. Yeah. Yeah. You're sort of well-rounded. So wherever this fight goes, you got to be ready to go. Yeah, 100%. Did you, um, what sort of discipline did you start in that sort of, Kicked all this off for you. Did you start in... Was I M- started was with uh, Muay Thai and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, okay. So yeah, that's and probably two good ones to start with. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I think um, from the get-go, I understood that, you know, you had to practice all of the disciplines equally. Mm-hmm. So I tried to devote equal amounts of time to each of them from the beginning. I didn't want to just be, you know, you know one trick pony kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be able to do it all in the mixed martial arts realm, so that's what I focus on. Okay, it um, so it was always MMA as a whole. You were never wanting to be like a, I don't know, like a, a Muay Thai fighter or a Jiu Jitsu. No, not really. I, no, I, I, I um, it was always MMA. Like, yeah, yeah. I know. You know, in the beginning, I never had a plan to become a fighter or anything like that. Oh, but true. What got me into, you know, MMA and that was 
um, UFC. Yeah, yeah. Friend of mine, I used to work with um, another Brazilian fellow, um, was telling me about the UFC, and at the time, um, this guy was reigning as the champion. To this day, he's highly regarded as one of the best ever. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Anderson Silva. Yeah, I think think I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was, you know, at the top of his game at the time, and my friend was telling me. And back then, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. So I got intrigued and went home, and I used to work night shifts back then. And and he was telling me, "Man, you should check it out. This guy doing this that." So I went home and started researching, started watching. And I was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" Um, and then my friend was was telling me, "He's like, why don't you do it?" should do that stuff i'm like because at the time i was you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean just yeah, yeah. regular gym work for sure weightlifting 19 years old not much to it originally from brazil i practice martial arts you know here and there capoeira kung fu and judo and boxing here and there but never did anything for too long okay um but he said man you've always done these things why don't you try this one i said i don't know why why don't i try it yeah yeah so then i went home researched it and i was like that's cool uh, found a gym that was closest that offered morning classes. Right. Um, and so I used to travel all the way from Bingley to Miami. As I yeah. say, so back then there wouldn't have been like an abundance of yeah, choices. That, that right? yeah. mm. Especially offering morning classes. Because mm. yeah. um, I used to work night shifts, so I was like, I got to find something suitable. So then morning classes, used to travel to Miami. And that's what I did. I trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai mm-hmm. um, for about a month at this gym. And then sort of bounced, bounced around from there. But yeah, okay. the goal was never to, oh, yeah, I'm going to go into MMA to become a fighter. Just wanted to learn something. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Being okay. a Brazilian myself, I had no clue about Brazilian jiu-jitsu until I started training and learning about it and, and came to know it was, you know, a Brazilian martial mm-hmm. art and all that and all the history behind it. And, yeah, I just became, you know, very, very passionate about it and wanted to learn and become better and then, Found out about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitions around and later on training a little bit. Oh, yeah, you can do amateur fights. And that's how you sort of start branching out, meeting yeah. people and making connections. And then you find out there's a whole world yeah, yeah. of these little fights and things going on that you can test yourself with. And that's what it became about for me, this challenging myself to, to learn these skills and go and compete against somebody else that's also skilled and see what we can do, you know? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do you... So obviously it's huge in Brazil and things like that. When when did you move to Australia? Was like were you any part of this in like Brazil? Sort of no, thing? No, no, no. So so I moved to Australia. I was sixteen years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, in Brazil, I wasn't. I come from a very small town uh, in the state of São Paulo, huge state of São Paulo, very very far away from the big city of São Paulo. Okay. Um, in this little small town back then, small town called <clears throat> Guararapes. Okay. Uh, oh man, I, back then I would say that they had maybe 30,000 people uh, or less. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know much about Brazil at all, you know, it's just, just poor family, yep. didn't, didn't care about school, uh, was just fucking around and yeah. playing video games, staying up late, hanging out with people that were sort of in the same yeah. path. Yeah, yeah. So, no motivation for me there. And so, dropped out of school and family needing support to try to you know keep up with bills and things like that so yep. i went and found this little job to, to help mom and 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 support my video game habits yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so then like i said i i used to train here and there sporadically but wasn't disciplined to carry on and do it for a long yeah, time okay. 
Um, so moved to Australia when I was 16 uh, to come and work because okay. my uncle came here first um, to work in the meatworks. Oh, yeah. uh, you guys familiar with Tease? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Tease at the time, this is going back probably over 15 years, they, they were in need of a lot of skilled workers in the area. So they started sponsoring guys from Brazil, Vietnam, Russia, yeah. all these different countries Bro. to come and work because they needed skilled workers. Yeah. Yeah, okay. uh, my uncle got the opportunity. He came over and started working. After a year or so, uh, he realized in, that he could bring uh, family members in as dependent children. Okay. Oh, okay. So at the time, my brother was the first he brought over because we were underage. Yeah. So he brought my brother over as a dependent child. My brother also started working. Similar situation. My brother didn't finish school, wasn't doing much. Uh, opportunity came and fuck. It's a it's a lifestyle change yeah. completely. Oh, it's yeah. like, bro, okay. you, you're making this much. We can do this. We can do that. It's like, yeah, no doubt. So my brother came over, started doing his thing, and then a year or two after, he brought me over, and that's how it started. Started working at T's and worked there for about four years, and yeah. that's at 19, met my friend and told yeah. me about a UFC. And yeah, crazy. That's how he went. That's nuts. Um, so is it still just you, your brother over here, or and your... Uncle. Did you say uncle? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. So, yes, yes. So, my uncle has uh, brought his wife over from Brazil. Yep. Uh, we both came together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother has uh, had has married Australian uh, wife and mm. had children. He's got nice. yeah. He's got uh, three kids, and my uncle has two. So that's our family nice. here. Yeah, nice. Uh, but most of the family is still back in Brazil. Okay. My mother, my mother just came over recently and spent six months with us, and she yeah. went back recently. My, my grandma has come over, spent some time, went back, and my sister's still there. We're trying to bring her over yeah, uh, yeah. soon. Uh, but yeah, most of the family is still back in Brazil. Nice. Um, you mentioned, do you still love video games? Um, not like, really. Nah, not yeah, really. Yeah. These, days, things, these like. days, I'm just so consumed with... MMA and yep. learning and just studying. Yeah, if, yeah. if I'm not training, I'm either home studying film okay. to, oh, to learn. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Studying the best of the best and game plan, trying to systemize everything that we do with my team and all that, the guys I train with. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any time for video games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly the same. I set the Xbox up a few weeks ago for my <laughs> oldest son and I just started playing it and I'm like, I can feel my brain melting right now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm turning this off. Like, otherwise, it's going to end very badly. You say you study film, like, do you go back and look at old footage or is it all kind of more recent? So I think about things like, so say if you talk about basketball or whatever and you think about Michael Jordan, then you try and put them against any of, like, anyone big now and you whoever's recent, just because of time and hmm. how things have progressed, like, any of the current athletes arguably would beat any of these like a legacy, I guess, athletes? Do you think there's benefit in looking at old footage in fighting? I think so. Um, because you get to see their approach then, what worked then. Okay. And there's still a lot of things that guys used to do back then within the MMA um, world that are still relevant today. Yeah. And some things that we may have missed, mm. you know, and so we try to go back and study the best of the best then and see what they were doing good, what they are not, they were not doing that we are now. Yeah. So I think there's value in that for sure. Mm. Um, and then there must, there's obviously an innovation with like new ideas and techniques. and Exactly. Like so, that. so man, because 
so many of these guys, the best of the best in the world in, in any discipline, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, wrestling, MMA, boxing, kickboxing, yeah. all of these, um, they've recorded an instructional. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. they are literally telling you, hey, this is, this is what I do here. And they're the best of the best. So you, you'd be an idiot not to try to find a way to study these guys and see how you can implement those things into your own game. Sure. So then it becomes like a little puzzle. It's like, okay, this guy does this. He he did it really well, and he was the best at his time. How can we use some of the tools that he used to be effective mm. and apply that into our own game? Well, that one wasn't so effective. We're not, obviously not going to use that, so we're going to discard it. And we start putting the pieces together into our own game. It's like, yeah. okay, and then we try to systemize it. It's like okay. if, we, if we're on our back, we need to make sure that we do this and then... Mm. If, if they do that, we do this, and then we use this tool. And we so use hear that about tool. like the flow of jujitsu, exactly. Right? And then same thing with the stand ups. Like we're gonna try to use this, maintaining distance. If they come forward, we try this in the feints to get in, and they take down. If they try this, we try that. Mm. You know what I mean? So we yeah, start yeah. putting the pieces together, and that's you know an attempt to become a full well-rounded mixed martial arts with so many options depending on no matter what the opponent does to counter, yeah. we have an answer for it. And that comes through study, yeah, practice. Yeah, right. you know? I, yeah, I love hearing stuff like that because, like, obviously with me being somewhat obsessed with it and watching it all the time, I understand that you guys spend your lives basically doing this one thing. Um, but then you go to, like, a pub to watch the UFC or something and it's just people thinking, like, oh, these guys I would have done this. Yeah, yeah, these guys <laughs> have put some shorts on, jumped in the cage, and they're just yeah. fucking swinging. Yeah, knuckle but, boxing, yeah, yeah, or whatever it is. But yeah. it's crazy because, yeah, I um, again, I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Is uh, I like I do stand up, and when people watch me, it's like people are just in the crowd, like, oh, I could get up there and do that. But to like get <laughs> that it. joke to where it's had to get, yeah, you've yeah. had to do like twenty revisions and yeah, I can imagine. bomb in front of like thirty crowds just to get that to that point, and then you're just dealing with people going like, oh, I can tell a joke. And I'm like, fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But um, so you focus on train and train and drill, essentially to become muscle memory, so you can just feel it out and flow. Yeah, yeah. a lot of it for sure. Yeah, you don't want to, you know, because there's so much to it. You don't want to be thinking about the next step. Yeah, a lot of the times. Then you um, end up being one step behind because you're thought about it. Whereas, yeah, yeah, they don't. yeah, exactly. You just want to <clears throat> train so much that it becomes, like yeah. you said, muscle memory. That your your body, your 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 system, everything is just like feeling it and then it does the next move without you having to think about it mm. because you are in that position it's familiar to you you've done it many times you're just going to execute that's the idea you just sort of on autopilot when you're fighting you are still obviously thinking you're, mm. you're trying to do setups but when when things are going fast yeah you just have to be able to do it instinctually and that comes through from all the hours of practice yeah. and doing that thing over and over. So from that, in a fight then, the perception of time, does it feel like mm. no time at all? And then like after it, shit, it's been three minutes or five minutes or however long the rounds mm. are. Like while you're in there, does it feel quicker than what it actually, like than the time is? Or it actually longer? feels longer. Longer, okay. Yeah, right. yeah, it feels longer. Um, it feels longer because I think... Like you, you just. It's like oh, I, I think I, I th like it's slow motion. Like everything happens a little bit. Like you can see more. You're yeah. tuned in. Yeah, because like time kind of slows down. Okay. Nothing else outside of yeah. this little mm -hmm. box. Because like 
something that can't come through the TV is is this little interaction that's going on between you and your opponent. Yeah, okay. Right here in front of each other. You can see the outside, uh-huh. right? But this little interaction going on here, right? you can't really see it from the cameras and all that from the outside. So this thing mm. is like we're, we're interconnected here and the outside don't matter. Mm. That's for me anyway. So you're so focused and honed in here. Your peripheral, everything is heightened. Your adrenaline, yeah, yeah. your eyesight, all of that. Yeah. Your instincts, your, your reaction timing. Um, that slows down. Okay. But the time feels much longer because you're fighting for your life. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. You know what I mean? So you're not, it's not s- slowed down in that sense that's like, oh, that five minute felt so quick. No, it's like, fuck oh, that five minutes. Especially if you obviously end up in a bad situation. Yeah. In a, oh, in yeah. a position you hurt or something like, like that. That's going to feel like eternity yeah, yeah. because yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you don't want to be stuck in that situation. But in the other hand, if things are going well and you, you're almost about to finish someone, then time seems a bit slower because it's like, oh, you just, everything you yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? But yeah, most of the time it's like much longer. You just, yeah. you're in, your senses are heightened. And then That's interesting because I never thought about it like that. But like, now that you said that, I can see like, if there was something that you were, like, if you're scared of something, you're like, just get me out of here and mm. it feels like forever. Yeah, yeah. And that that's crazy as well that you said like, you're so, you just focused, focused yeah. on that and not every, like mm. the crowd and stuff. And it's like, yeah, fuck. Like, because on TV you're watching and like obviously some people showboat and shit like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, that, that's nuts to be so focused on. So your corner or your team, if they're yelling out advice or do like you hit, I see it and they like, you know, try and do this or get that. Is that something that you can even actually hear? Like, can you pick up on any advice or that they're throwing at you or something like Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the with the corner, that's really the only people you want to be able yeah, to hear. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And that's something also that comes from the training. Yeah. 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 Because you're obviously being coached day by day by this yeah. guy and these people. So you're oh. accustomed to listening to their instructions and obviously yeah. you're trained to it. Mm. So you don't want to tune them out that's because you need those. So, but everything yeah. else is like irrelevant. So you there's a the thing like where, you know how like, if you're in a crowded area, mm. you could hear your kid scream out from you from far away, and yeah, you, yeah. your brain is tuned to recognize that voice. I wonder if there's like something there because you've spent so much time with your coaches and heard their voices so much that you can tune out everything else and hear. Could be, yeah. That pit like come through. Yeah, I'm for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's um, it's nuts that you've broken it. Like this has just clicked in my head. Like that you've broken it down that far. It's almost like we're getting two guys to go in a cage and fight for their lives, and then be like. Here's a giant distraction around oh, yeah, you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah exactly. <laughs> that, that's fucking nuts. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So you have to, as a, as a fighter and athlete, I understand mm-hmm. the the risks involved. So mm-hmm. it's no joke. You know, mm-hmm. for people, obviously, it's entertainment. It, we want to try to make it entertaining as possible yeah. and all that. But at the same time, you are fighting for yeah. your yeah, life. Yeah. And so you got to take it serious. So the training is not only physical, but also mental. You try to meditation is a huge part because that helps develop your focus. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you, if your focus is not there, then you're in the fight and you get distracted by the noise, by the crowd, by somebody shouting or their coaches or their freaking what they're doing. You're not going to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So is meditation sort of how you get yourself to that? Uh, For sure. Yeah. It's a good part of it. Visualization, meditation, uh, focus on the breath, breath work, Okay. Visualization and just doing those things are a huge part of my training camp. Yeah, so much that goes into a day, like so yeah. much. Yeah, but and um, it's a daily thing, man. You know, because it's weird, but 
once you sign the contract and you know who you're fighting months, like uh, say six to eight weeks ahead of time, it's like okay. you, you can't help but but think about that thing yeah, for every day. For sure. Every Do you have day. to take a break and force yourself to, you know, all right, I have to take, you know, a day, maybe a day is too long, but some amount, six hours to like, do something else so then I can refocus? Yeah, so I, I, when I say I'm thinking about it all day, every day, all the time, it's not like obsessively every yeah, single minute, yeah. every single time. I'm relaxed about it, you know, I understand. But the thing is, you, you know you have a task at hand in six weeks, this date. So I know the date's coming. I'm not so much focused on the opponent. Mm. I know the date's coming and I know I need to be ready for that because it's going to be a tough challenge. So yeah. I can't, you know, parties... That's out of yeah. the question. Drinking, that's out of the question. Doing all these different things that, you know, regular people with a yeah. nine-to-five job would probably do maybe. I can't do those things. So in that sense, I know it's like I got a job to do on this date. These are the things that are required. I got to stay focused here. So basically, driving, I'm probably thinking about it, you know. Yeah. Game plan-wise, things I've done how you went in the training session, all those things, how it can go. But when it's time to switch off, I can switch off. I'm watching a yeah. movie, obviously, I'm not thinking about it. If I'm hanging yeah, out with my, my fiancé, I'm not thinking about it with my family and all that. But most of the time, I'm thinking about the date that's coming up and what I got to do. You yeah, know? yeah. I don't think people see it, like what you said, that, uh, the, all the work that goes in behind it. But it essentially is, and you said, like someone that works a nine-to-five job, but you essentially are working a nine-to-five job or even more than nine-to-five just not in a traditional sense where you go to a place to work. It's like all this other stuff still counts as work. Like, yeah, for sure. It plays yeah. into it. Because, I mean, like the um, the people in the UFC and stuff, this is a full-time job and it's you're true. trying to cram what they're doing on top of a full-time job as well. So it's, it's like fucking... I mean, to be honest, um, what I meant by a nine-to-five is like it's not a normal standard mm sort of day-to-day thing where it's yeah. 9 to 5 you're there when you leave it's over kind of thing yeah yeah. it's 24-7 yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. 24-7 so it's, that's why it's not 9 to 5 it's like you, mm. you may train uh, in the morning have a couple hours break or whatever have yeah. a nap or whatever and then afternoon and then back again in the evening mm. and in between that you're probably teaching or something in my yeah. case my case that's what I'm doing that's my job yeah. you know I'm yeah. teaching in between all my training sessions I'm working teaching kids classes yeah. taking personal training lessons with people yep. could be boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu with a kid, you know, everything. It's, mm. it's, it's, if I'm not training physically, I'm either meditating or teaching somebody else yeah. or yeah. watching film. That's, so that's my job 24-7. That's cool that you've been able to set yourself up to still like your work is still entangled in that in a way. So it's like, yeah, because I know um, – like I just spend all day at my day job just wishing I could just be <laughs> doing the shit that I want to do. Yeah. But like, obviously I get it. It's probably still a grind. Like some days yeah. you're in it and like, fuck, I was just training right now myself. But yeah. yeah. Have you found teaching beneficial for your own learning? Because I found like if I have to explain something to someone else, I'll identify parts that I don't know and I'll be like, oh shit, I don't know this. I need to go and learn this. So if I had to explain it, then I could explain it better. Or, or yeah, so I'm just, the question is, has teaching helped you learn more? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It has, 100%. Um, when I started teaching my coach uh, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, he was already basically getting me into coaching as early as I was a blue belt. Mm-hmm. And the blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is like the next belt up after white mm-hmm. for adults. 
um, that's quite early, you know, for, for someone to start teaching. But I wasn't teaching a full class. It was like coach m- maybe was going to be running late. Yeah. Hey, can you take the warm up? Yeah. yeah. It's like, cool. So that already starts getting you like, oh, getting used to standing in front of people and giving yeah. instructions and being that lead. Um, that helps increase your confidence and your communication skills and start mm. tipping your toes into that. Um, that already started helping me. Because then it's like, oh, what does coach do for warm-up normally? Oh, he does the fundamentals. Okay. Hip escape, forward rolls, yep. you know, stand-ups, things like that. Break falls, all these different things. So then it's repetition in my own mind first before I got to tell these people. Then yeah. I got to show them how to do it so that they can replicate it. So it's like three, four times more than if I was just doing it if somebody was teaching me. Right. And over the years then, teaching Muay Thai, boxing, and wrestling, all those things, he has 100% helped me improve my own technique. That's cool. And I guess you'd say, um, obviously, teaching all those different bodies, everyone would move in different ways and stuff and help you, I guess, analyze your opponent if they do move in a weird, funky way, I guess. Like, you might have seen it in training at some stage. Something might click. Yeah, for sure. You you know, you learn how to, because you've done it so many years and you've seen it. So often you, you, you see, you know, how they're moving and, and patterns and yeah. things like that that you can exploit for sure. Nice. What do you um what do you like doing outside of fighting? Anything or it's just all fighting? Cause I was <laughs> like, what's downtime? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. at, at the moment it just sounds like fight, fight, fight. Um, train, train, train. Yeah, most of the time, yeah, it is. Uh, and I consider that downtime yeah. as well. You know, when I come home and I'm, I get to relax and watch some film, watch yeah. some fights. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but watching movies, I like going to the movies. Yep. With my fiance, we go yeah. hang out. You know, I like I like going for walks, things like that. Um, seeing family, mm-hmm. hanging out, talking. I love talking. Yeah. Yeah, um, so if I can go see my family and have a talk and yeah. sit down for hours, just chat or barbecue yeah. or, or just watch. Uh, usually like if there's a big UFC card coming up on yeah. the weekend, I'll, I'll get together with my family and friends and we'll barbecue and just talk and watch yeah, it nice. and hang out. It's like this. I love that, you know? Yeah, so most the place where the things that he enjoys is the downtime. So yeah. then work is like not work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's cool. pretty much it, man. Just if I'm not training or fighting or whatever, studying film, I either watch a movie, mm. um, hang out with my family and yeah, friends. Got, got any, uh, what's the best last movie that you saw? <laughs> Ooh, good James question. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm terrible with um, movies that's come out over the duration of this podcast. Turns out I've never seen anything. Ah, uh, yeah. But um, I what actually, I've what I've seen, I feel like a great movies, yeah, yeah, but yeah. apparently not. He only watches the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, the most recent thing I've watched <clears throat> wasn't a movie; was a series. Okay. Um, I watch very few series, but some of them that I really enjoy when they come out with a new season, I tend to tune in every yeah. now and then. Yeah. So it was uh, the series of Black Mirror. Oh yeah, oh, familiar with it? See, that's I love that. Yeah. I haven't jumped on Black Mirror. I love yeah, that. Yeah. It's sci-fi. It's uh, I love. I love all of that AI thing. That oh, think yeah. outside the box type of stuff. It's like, oh, this could actually happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, wow, this is amazing. So I love that. So I just finished the, the most recent season of Black Mirror. Nice, sweet. Um, and you mentioned you have a fiance. How she feel like watching you in there? Did she? Like cover her eyes and shit like that, or she's all for it. Uh, no, she she's strong. She's yeah, she's yeah. you know she's been through a lot herself, and so okay. she yeah, she okay. can do. Obviously, 
she doesn't want to see me get hurt. But yeah, yeah. she understands. She knows I'm very capable um, of defending myself, and I've trained extremely hard, and I'm well prepared to go in there. And um, it's it's rare that I will get hurt in a yeah. fight. She knows I'm very capable of defending myself, and I've fought the best of the best out there already. And you know, she's sort of seen me. At the lowest lows and the highest yeah. highs, she knows yes, right. I'm strong no matter what, and so she just has a good time. Yeah, no, you know, she's obviously nervous. Yeah, yeah, and excited at the same time. She wants it to be over as quickly as possible mm-hmm. with me being successful. But one nine seconds, whilst, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whilst, <laughs> whilst it's happening, she can still enjoy it. You know, yeah, sweet. No, that's good. Good to hear. Um, so yeah, have you? Because you're in the top five now in yes. Australia. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, what, do you have any fights coming up? Not yet. Uh, we're yet. looking at trying to get one booked in for September. Okay. So, they have a big UFC card coming down in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, Eternal MMA wants to do one the day before yeah, that, I saw that in Sydney. So, we're trying to get on that. Okay. Sure, that'd be sweet. Yeah, so if they do make that happen, that'd be a crazy, like, weekend down in Sydney. Eh? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, yeah. So, how does a year pan out then? Like, how many fights would you, say, take a year... Uh, anywhere between three and four. Okay, I think is a good, good right. time. And yeah. uh, because you know you don't want to just be taking fights every week or every month. Mm. You never know how a fight plays out. You could come yeah. out with injuries. Usually, you never go into a fight with no injuries. There's always like a n- little niggle here and there. And so you want to nurse those things. You want to allow your body to heal, even between fights, as well as improve. Yeah, you know. So you want to give yourself time between each fight. So three to four months between each fight. Um, it's a good time to be able to reassess and heal up and have a good time and and uh, yeah, get back in there. So mm. three to four fights, I think, is good. Yeah, sweet. That sounds that sounds like a busy year, like four four fights to, in a year. Because what does it have to depend on? Like how your f- previous fight also went. So say obviously, like if you got a quick knockout and you like didn't really. Um, like put your body under like crazy stress of like having to do you know whatever the full amount of of a fight is. You could take a fight sooner, or do you, would you still wait that you know same amount of period like time before? Yeah. Um, with that, then then you may consider going back in quicker. It just depends what opportunity yeah okay. presents, um, and what what's being offered and what's out there and what the goal is and mm. that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're right. If if you go in and get a quick one, then you 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 want to get back in. Because I feel uh, like you would like, sooner. you know, I've done you know months of training. I spent you know however many minutes in this fight, keep that momentum going. Like I've already put in like all this work. Yeah, mm-hmm. try and like yeah. take advantage of that. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if we could line another one up that's uh, good for us, yeah, then then we would for sure we would. And then, so when someone's presenting you with opportunities for fights, do you get to, uh, is it like, oh, we have this option and this option and this option, and you get to, like, deliberate and, and pick the fights? Or is it like, do you go and challenge someone else? Like, I don't know how, how it really works. How does a fight come together? That's a good question. Um, so within the ranks and all that, um, I don't really know who puts the ranks together. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just out there. There's there's fighters out there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then it's the promoter's job. Yeah. Uh, say Eternal in May. Um, Cam O'Neill is the Eternal director. He usually 
puts together the matchups and everything. So it's his job to outsource and find the fighters that are yeah. out there within your weight division. Okay. So today I compete in the featherweight division. So within that division, he outsourced fighters that are out there, similar record, mm. um, that could be equal to you, that could be a good challenge, that are fair, yeah. um, and that could put you up to the next level that people would want to see. So it's his job to look for that. And then once he finds it that he thinks could be a potential good matchup, yeah. he'll present them to you. And then you can go and discuss that with your manager and your team and say, okay, well, sounds good, sounds not. What's next after that? What can we do after that? Is that within our goal and plan? It is great. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So it's usually just kind of one at a time or is it multiple options? Because I think like if someone said, here's your option, like this is the person that we want you to think about having a fight with, and I like what's the opportunity cost of like putting in those months of training? Could I have had a different fight that would have been maybe better or Mm. you know, Mm. maybe worse? Um, that's right. So usually it's a one option at yeah. a time. It's like, Hey man, I got this guy. Um, potentially. Yeah. What do you think? And then we discuss if, okay. if it is good, we might say, yeah, that's good. And then if they also agree, then, then we lock that in. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's their promoter's job. They usually yeah. have more than one in <laughs> mind. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're, you know, if they come one or two, then we discuss. But usually it's one. They come in, they come up with one, and then we, we discuss it. And then they, if not, they try to find another. Is it pretty common for, like, fights to fall through? Like, after you've said, okay, yeah, we agree, we're going to do this fight and start training camps. And then, obviously, if someone gets injured, then maybe that has to fall out. And yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's very common. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine, obviously, combat sports, every day you're out there trying to push yourself and... Yeah. Go into a fight soon, you're at a risk of getting injured mm. in training. So yeah. that happens often. Um, I've had it happen many times over my career. Yeah. The worst of them is when it happens fight week. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah, like no. fight week. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, I got an injury. You got to pull out. It's like, All wow. That Do you try and pull up a little bit then leading up as you get closer and closer to like, I guess, change up the type of training you do? Or is it like, how is the training camp weighted? Like, early on we'll do lots of heavier stuff because then we if something happens we have time to get the recovery in Mm. Um, Um, yeah we we do taper I work with experts in their fields with you know nutrition and obviously skill training and strength and conditioning all of those things and I just trust them and trust what they put together for me okay Um, and I just put in the work yeah, yeah. Show up and put in the work, mm. and as we are coming up to, we just try to listen to the body as much as possible as well. Yeah. So as as the training camp progresses, if we have a particular heavy day mm-hmm. scheduled, and the body's not you know there, or if you feel your energy levels aren't there, you just trashed. Yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. gonna trash the body some more with the heavy lifting session just because it was scheduled. Yeah. So you try to listen to it and then go into recovery, or maybe you just take that day off completely. You know, you just try to do that as you go. Yeah, definitely. Um, so your all your fights are with Eternal MMA. Is that are you contracted to them? Like if another organization approached you, is that how that works? Um, no. Nah, so you're right. Most of my fights are with them. I yep. early on I had a couple with some others. Yeah. Um, but since fighting at Eternal, I've just been with them because yeah. it just made sense. Um, they they at the time. 
I think I've been with them since the beginning pretty yeah, much yeah. and they at the time were the best sure. and they have continued to be the best and they have improved yeah. along the way so I've sort of grown with them as well and so it just made sense for me to stick with them I think at one point I signed an exclusive contract with them for about three fights that's run out so yeah. I'm sort of a free agent I think mm. locally most fighters are free agents yeah, okay. because obviously you know you there are other promotions out there you don't want to be contracted to the one for although sure. they would like that yeah yeah, yeah. um you want to have the ability to go else you know and nah, that gives you also negotiation Definitely. power and Same. things like that it helps so. you build your i don't know name is not the right word but like so if you have that ability to go wherever you need to go then you can leverage yourself of course yeah, yeah of and course. I, I suppose if you're waiting on that one um promotion to give you a fight and you're waiting for like eight months or yeah, something just it gives you like, yeah. gives you the opportunity to Go elsewhere if you want to fight. I guess you yeah, can be proactive. I guess because yeah. yeah, from what I can see from the outside in, um, Eternal seems like the place you want to be. Like in Australia, like because over the last few years, I've noticed like I'll be watching people in Eternal, and then next minute they're on the UFC. Like, yeah. Yeah. how many organizations do we have here? I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. So there's there's a few. Yeah. I think in Queensland there's um, other than Eternal, there's this promotion called XFC. Yeah. And they've been, I think, the longest standing promotion in okay. Australia, but Eternal has surpassed mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, XFC used to be the number one, and they have gotten some guys in the UFC as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're still, they're still around. Yeah. Um, and then there's this other promotion that's fairly new. It's called Beatdown Promotions. Okay. okay. They usually hold their um, events in Brisbane. Okay. Um, they're a pretty good one as well. They're coming up. They've gotten couple guys in the UFC as well. Sweet. They've got some good good deals and in, in they're investing in the fighters a lot. So they're a good one. They're getting some traction. Uh, within Queensland, I would say those... Are, um, and there's also Sunshine Coast. There's one called... Um, hmm. I forget the name right now, but there's one in Sunshine Coast. Yeah, so there's yeah. a few around and then obviously other, other states. Yeah, I think I know. remember the Sunshine Coast one. It's like a fist with a wave. Is that right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's the logo. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't uh, remember the name like, either. I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a few around. Yeah. There's a few. Because the the first live MMA thing I ever went to was an XFC card yeah, at okay. the Mansfield Tavern, and it was just like because I'd watched the UFC for maybe five years before that, maybe. But seeing it in life, like in real life, and hearing like a knockout in person, I'm like, fuck! Like it just made <laughs> yeah. it so much more real being in yeah. the room. It's you like, go to many like events or or fights. To, to watch in person, just to watch, or is it you? Is all of your viewing like reviewing tape? And uh, I do enjoy going to events, yeah. um, but I mostly go to them when I have teammates fighting okay. on them as well. Um, if if I don't know anybody on the card or whatever, I probably won't go. Mm. Uh, but if I have teammates on it, which I do quite often, yeah, I will go to them and watch. Yeah. But, but <laughs> a lot of the times, I just am at the back room okay. helping them oh, get okay. ready or yeah. I'm cornering them, yeah. which is the case this weekend as well. I have a couple of teammates fighting on it and I'm, I'm going to be there. My fiance yeah. is going to be there, but I'm going to be in the locker room helping them and co- cornering and coaching as well. So that's my... Working, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> that's my view. But yeah, yeah if, if I just go to watch, uh, it's it's rare that I just go to watch okay. and there's nobody I don't know in the, in the thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And... um is Australia sort of where you see yourself saying there's no sort of desire to go over to the US and chase anything? You're happy with how things are going here? Um, 
absolutely we want to go overseas and, yep. and chase new heights and new levels. I have I have fought in an international promotion when they came to okay. Australia one time, a Russian promotion. Oh, yeah. right. At the time, they were called ACB, okay. which stood for Absolute Championship Burkut. And I fought, I fought on that a few, uh, I would say, probably four years ago. Uh, I had a good show in there. They they held it in, on the Gold Coast, um, and then left. Never came back. But uh, that was okay. my first international showing. And uh, but yeah, we have plans, man. We have plans working together with my my business manager and all these guys Sweet. that influenced me. We definitely want to go overseas. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's nice. there's many options out there. UFC being one of them. Yeah. Uh, PFL. And oh, yeah, Bellator, yeah. One FC, all those are are things that we look for. That's right. Um, but but our goal is to just keep keep working, yeah, and yeah. focusing on what we can control here locally first, yep. and just keep doing that and, and continue the momentum. That's yeah. the main thing, really. No, it's a good mindset because I um the reason I asked is I listened to another podcast you're on and you went to train. Was it J- at Jackson Wink? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's how was that like? Because were you in the same room as like? Like John Jones and yeah. Holly Holm, and that's nuts. Was that sure. was that like weird or anything? Or you that was at first. That was surreal, yeah, of course, because yeah. you know you just you just in the beginning, I was just seeing those guys on TV yeah, and, and sure. seeing their fights and things like that, and I was like, never thought I would be in the same room with them, training with them, and getting instructed by them, sparring them. Yeah, right. So that was definitely surreal. But after a few weeks, you know, you just become part of the team. You don't want to be that fanboy guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was never that. I was never that. I was there to work Mm -hmm. and show myself and, and, and be a sponge. Yeah. Nice. Is that, is that something your team set up or that's something you did on your own shoulders sort of thing? Yeah. I, I, I I researched them and and outsourced them and reached out. And at the time they had, uh, sort of an application online because they the, the the gym is massive they had dorm rooms within the gym and everything so they would obviously to fund all that they would i guess make it open for fighters yeah. to come and train and stuff like that but it'd be selective with it you know right, so yeah, you'd definitely. have to apply they would have to look at your record your skills and if you have anything to bring to the table because obviously if you're an amateur you don't have any zero skills yeah, they're not yeah, going to yeah. let you come in so i was fortunate enough that they accepted me and I went in and spent time there and lived in the gym and got to meet some great guys and learn yeah, yeah. a lot. It's great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But, um, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. But did, uh, did were there any major differences in like US to Australian training or is MMA is MMA sort of thing? At the time, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were very far ahead. Yeah. Very yeah. far ahead. Because I guess, when when would that have been, roughly? Was it during the cup up, come up of like John Jones and Holly Holm and things like that? They or? were still, they were still very much at the top. I think Holly okay. Holm was no longer the champion. She had oh okay, all right. But she was still, you know, she's still at the yeah, top yeah. to this day. Still, Jones yeah. was still the champion, yeah. um, and they still had you know many other guys there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main difference was just that they had a lot of bodies yeah, in the room. The thing that lacks in Australia a lot of times is that there's not enough guys committed at 100% to it. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, people got to work. A lot of them, they have families. And, and so they yeah. have to, to work a full-time job and then come to the, generally to train in the, the evening. And yeah. that, that's that. Over there, what I found was that that was like all day long. Yeah. There's always few guys there ready to go 
Yeah, they right. highly experienced and there's coaches around. And that was the main thing. It's like that was their full time job. Okay. It's it's rare that you find the case here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that like, was the main thing. Yeah. Like you said, when you were trying to find a gym to suit your morning hours that you needed, it's like yeah, you had the, the gyms here. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're open either in the afternoon or Early some morning. yeah some gyms I've seen now have like a lunchtime session or something like that. But yeah, yeah definitely not like that where it's almost. A twenty four seven gym sort of yeah. thing, like yeah. yeah. These days, you know, it's a lot better. I've come, you know, I found a, a much better um, facility that sort of resembles that. Yeah, you know, it's even better. Oh, true. Now, you know, where yeah. I train and what I do with the guys I train with and what we're doing, it's, it's even better. I guess the um, I don't know if it did work like this, but the dorm room situation would have been cool as well. If you were bored at seven o'clock at night, you could go. Oh, maybe not seven o'clock at night because I'm sure there was a a lesson or whatever yeah. then but during the day if you're in your dorm with your dorm mate i guess you yeah. could be like do you want to go and yeah practice yeah. something yeah. Like, that was yeah. the case yeah for yeah, sure yeah. that's for cool sure. that'd be cool yeah. essentially immerse yourself in it and yeah and just yeah yeah can, can do it whenever but um so obviously right now fighting is your career do you have plans for when you're finished fighting what you think you want to do to have your own gym or um I haven't thought that far ahead to be honest, but I mean it's 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 a given that I'll definitely have my own gym someday okay. and probably become a coach. Yeah. And, um, that's a given because I love it. I love everything about it. You know, yeah. I love training and 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 if if one day I stop fighting, then I'll naturally be coaching and have my own gym and all that. But mm. I haven't thought that far ahead to be yeah. honest. I just focus on right now, right now yeah. and uh, doing my best right now and getting to the top. Yeah. yeah. So with someone like you where you're like you've fully immersed your whole life into this, how, do you what are your thoughts on like all these YouTubers and shit like that? Do you, do you hate that sort of shit where they think they can come in and be like, like YouTube map yeah, fighting? Yeah, 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 like Logan Paul and Jake Paul and like fucking who came out this week? Elon Musk and Zuckerberg oh, yeah, on Berg, a, yeah. a fight. Like, does that annoy you at all? Or you <laughs> nah, just it doesn't, man. It's entertaining. I, yeah. I love it because it brings yeah. more attention really? to our sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't so, care. Um, you know, let, let them do their thing. I mean, it, if anything, it, it brings more eyes to the sport. Yeah, yeah, like yeah people, definitely. Uh, people, especially Zuckerberg and Elon <laughs> wanting to do MMA, it's like, wow, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that and, is awesome. Uh, you know, whether they – because obviously people know it's, yeah. it, they're not fighters, mm. but still they're, they're – they're, such huge influencers they're, they're very intelligent people and they influence the world in such a crazy way and now they want to come and throw hands at each yeah, other yeah. fuck I, I love that <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, see what they can do entertaining. Yeah. I, I think it's cool as well I was let's see what they can like, do no it doesn't annoy me at all because they're not they're not disrespecting yeah. me in any way um, they're actually bringing more attention to the sport which in which case you know reverberates and helps yeah, yeah. everybody else around it but Unless they actually train you, you know they actually yeah, <laughs> yeah. they actually training yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so, they, so that, yeah. I love that because now they're sort of respecting it enough to that they want to get some skills yeah. under their belt before they go in they're not just getting off the street with no skills and sure. getting in the UFC so they're actually training putting some respect on it but uh, no it doesn't annoy me at all man it's fun yeah, I still no, think Elon's going to get crushed yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to take of it. Hey, eh? it's it's a it's a weird fight. Like, yeah. like I, I think he's been doing jujitsu for a while though. Yeah, I think Elon's a bit bigger, isn't he? I think he, he is. is yeah. yeah, I think he's like six three or something, and Zuckerberg's like five ten. Or he I looks don't, I don't quite know. small. Zuckerberg yeah, yeah. and skinnier than that. So yeah. I think Elon will yeah. have the size advantage. But yeah. 
Zuckerberg has been training jujitsu for yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's even competed recently. Um, but I seen that Elon's also training. Yeah, he's training with yeah, some high was, level guys. He was training with um, Lex Friedman yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? If you just have a billion dollars and you can like, yeah. that's the thing. They've got all the money yeah. to get no, the resources. These guys like, are obsessed, you know, when they put their minds to something. So yeah. I'm sure they're not going to just sign up to a fight to get beat. Yeah, they yeah. want to, they want to do the best. So. It's either going to be very entertaining or <laughs> they're going to go all out for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> two, <laughs> two sad people huffing and puffing. Yeah. So I've got the thing called the whale or he's just going to lay on him. But you going to lay on him. Yeah. See, yeah. I hope it doesn't turn into some sort of so like stupid. No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I think they, they will have enough skills to be able to you know, yeah. keep a good pace and be fairly, fairly entertaining. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's going to be sweet. But um, yeah, have you got you got anything to plug? We got obviously we spoke about fights. Do you want to? Uh, man, no. listen. There's uh, this weekend. Um, we have Eternal Women May mm-hmm. on the Gold Coast, and I have uh, two guys that I train with, um, and they're fighting. Uh, one of them being Jesse Jesse Murray. He's okay. an up-and-coming fighter. He's, he's also in the featherweight division. He gives me good work. We train together and, st- and saw that he's, 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 he's fighting this weekend. He's headlining the prelims. Right. Um, he trains at Southside Training Center, my, my longest-time mm. gym, like where I've sort of come up. Um, so shout-out to Southside Training Center. Yeah. With VC. And, huh? With VC. Yeah, well, Southside BJJ is sort of That's like different. a branch of oh, it, yeah. so VC is the head coach of Southside BJJ. Yeah. Southside Training Center is split and is like a sort of its own thing. Okay. But Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is from Southside BJJ, so okay. I guess you could say VC is also the head coach for that uh, Jiu Jitsu. Um, so yeah, and then the other guy is uh, in the co-main event, mm. very high level fighter someone i train with and who's helping me as a, a lot as well his name is ben johnston okay. uh former two-time muay thai world champion so he's what? he's uh into mma now going into his third fight in mma he's looking really good and nice. uh trains out at the fight center yeah uh, brisbane just uh in meadowbrook okay uh shouts out to tfc i train there work there you know is a great gym and great space and uh he's looking incredible and so uh, I'm really looking forward to, to this weekend's card at Eternal. And uh, these guys are definitely wants to keep an eye on. Yeah, nice. Well, yeah, hopefully they both pick up a win. But um, I only recently saw that um, fight center. I was driving down the Logan Motorway like a month ago and I saw the sign and I'm like, oh, fuck. Because I've always <laughs> I've seen it pop up on socials and stuff all the time but never you know knew where it was. It was. Yeah. And I'm like, it's literally five it's minutes from my house. Ignite like, your flame. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. yeah, man. The fight center. I think uh, they're no longer near the motorway. Okay, oh, Slight, okay. slightly, oh, slightly. Right. Moved. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. next to around the corner from the Logan Hospital. Okay, yeah, in yeah. Meadowbrook okay. in yep. uh, Meekin Road. Right. Um, it's a much bigger facility now. Yeah, Huge sweet. space, cage, ring, right, cool. mat, easy gloves. Uh, in many many classes morning yeah, yeah, afternoon perfect. evening you know all the time so no better time to start for yeah, you guys nice. maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'll come and train and <laughs> come and check the, it out man you get a free the, trial oh really yeah, no yeah. commitment throw the know. challenge out to another podcaster <laughs> just come <laughs> in <laughs> let's do it that's right. no, sweet yeah no, for sure I'll try and make something happen but yeah appreciate you coming in man yeah and um, so much insight yeah yeah definitely it's, it's opened my eyes to a whole new level for sure but yeah, next time you got something up, come in and plug it again and we'll have a chat. For sure, man. Thanks, thanks for your time. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. You. All right, see you later. Bye.